Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. All right, if you are not uh, privy to the YouTube channel, it's time to jump on to DIY Money on YouTube because we did... This coffee's good. ...a coffee taste test for Danielson. Why did we do that? Because you... I I don't know. I, I think it's whatever. It was fun. That's yeah. why. Because coffee's I, our thing. On I show. thought it would be interesting, and and I don't know. I mean, of course, you're not going to be like, oh, this is my single origin, and then we unveil that it's Maxwell House. That I mean, would have been awesome, though. Well, that would have been awesome. Sorry, but, I didn't play along. No, it's fine. But uh, it was interesting. It was uh, it was an interesting setup. We looked at five different bl- uh, brews. What do you call it? Blends. Five different coffees. Whatever. And he had to label what he thought was which. Everything from a Starbucks to a Maxwell House. You did pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Thanks. He did switch around his. Yeah. So Shot myself in the foot. That's all right. And you had it from the beginning. You had it right. That yeah. was interesting. There was no prize money involved. Maybe it would have Maybe it would have been better if we upped the ante a little bit. We could have gotten some dimmer lights and some music. That would be cool. As you thought about which one you wanted to label. All right, let's go. We got some good questions today. We have one good question today on this podcast. Um, but some housekeeping odds and ends. First of all, keep those questions coming. Uh, love that we're getting female participation. You're welcome. Now we're a little bit more balanced out, and I know what's happening. I'm seeing this in the tribe. Somebody said, how do I send a question again? And somebody was like, oh, you just send it to your voice memo at the email. And they were like, but send it. Make your wife or girlfriend do it so it'll jump to the top of the list. I was like, yeah. mm-hmm, hacking away, are you? Anyways, uh, what I alluded to there is the DIY tribe. If you're not in there, that's a that's the place to be. It's where all the cool kids hang out. And I'm running again. Boom. Mic drop. Congrats. Yeah. little walk run now. It's kind of slow but steady. Uh, what Seems else? slower than running. Instagram. DIY.money. Mm-hmm. That's it. Good stuff going on. We've got a couple blog posts going on, too. DIYmoney.org. Check that out. Some blog posts going on. What do we blog about? Oh, I wrote a letter to a person cool. who was uh, significantly in That's right. dire need of a restart, mm-hmm. a reset. All right, let's go right to the question. We have one from Nancy. Nancy today about uh, investing in 401ks and one that she has specifically with her side hustle. So, Nancy, what do you got? DIY! Hey, Quint and Daniel, this is Nancy from New Jersey. I love listening to your show on my drive home from work. I am fortunate enough to have a full-time job and two side hustles. At my full-time job, I have my 401k set for a target date fund so I can just set it and forget it. My question is for my side hustle. One of them actually does match the 401k, so I am obviously taking advantage of that. Should I make that side hustle 401k a set it and forget it as well? Or should I be a little bit more aggressive with the allocations and explore some other options where I should invest those funds? Maybe switch it to a Roth IRA. Thanks for taking my question, and I look forward to hearing your insights. Okay, I think that we would do an injustice to not go down some rabbit holes here. It would be easy to just bunt and say, yeah, just keep it with the target date, set it, and forget it. But there's a couple of things I think that she needs to be aware of or consider. Okay. First of all, 
Bravo for a full-time job and two side hustles. I mean, wow. Okay. That's awesome. So congrats, Nancy. Keep that up. Uh, hopefully you're aggressively getting after your goals. It certainly sounds like you are. So again, bravo. Hope, not hope, but maybe you have kids and they're looking at you and going, wow, mom is killing it. If you don't, that's okay too. I'm sure people are watching though. So keep it up. In regards to your multiple retirement accounts, one thing I think you need to be aware of, and maybe it's not that significant, but is the contribution limit. You don't want to get caught putting in, let's say, maximum amount in your in your traditional workplace and then find out that you are contributing over the allotment because you are also contributing to one through your side hustle. I ran into this myself. I contribute to our personal 401k here in our company. I also get a small compensation for teaching at the university. Because of my tax situation, it made no sense for me to actually take that money, so I defer 100% of it to their retirement plan, of which I do not get a match, but it doesn't come over on my tax return. However, I found out that a year or so ago, as I was approaching the end of the year, I just did a quick calculation and found out I was going to be over the annual contribution limit across those two uh institutions or those two plans. Mm -hmm. So I had to stop one uh, immediately or else I would run the risk of having to distribute out my overcompensation or my overcontribution, my overage amount, thus paying taxes and penalty. So I stopped it. Uh, I kind of snuck in under that, that limit and I was able to you know avoid that. The contribution limits, depending on age, are upwards of what nineteen thousand, something like that, nineteen five. Yeah, for employer plans, they're uh, pretty high, significantly higher than individual retirement accounts, which is why uh, people typically will try to max out the employer side plans significantly more because you just have a lot of upside, which is one of the reasons. Uh, for instance, if you're self-employed, uh, that going with a four hundred one k option versus just uh, contributing to individual retirement accounts can be a good thing. Yes. So the first thing I would think of when I'm hearing multiple plans is just make sure you're running a quick calculation and saying, oh, yeah, I'm still within the 19000 mm-hmm. or whatever the limit is for you. Uh, and there's a catch-up provision if you're over the age of 50. So that's the first thing I think of. The second thing I think of is, depending on these side hustles, what is your overall tax situation? And the reason I say that is, and I think this might be something that you talk to an advisor about or maybe just do some further investigating, if you happen to be, let's say, doing a side hustle where you have a lot of expenses and maybe you're generating some revenue, but it's a, you know written off or whatever, let's say you find yourself in a tax-favorable position, meaning you're not paying a significant amount in taxes, it may make sense if your employer-sponsored plan has this option to utilize the Roth 401k. Now, you said Roth IRA, which is something totally different, but I would like you to just look at to see if in those plans you have a Roth 401k option. Now, why would you do that? Let's say you've got, you know, three kids at home, you're working, you know, all the time, you've got, you know, mortgage, I guess, you know, many people don't deduct their mortgage interest anymore. But ultimately, let's say you find yourself in a 10 or 12% tax bracket, and you're saving a tremendous amount in these tax deferred vehicles. It may be not will be, but maybe advantageous to look at the Roth 401k portion if it's an option, right? Yeah. 
so those are general things that I'm thinking about in relation to your question that you didn't ask about. You asked about specifically investments. Now, let me relay the investment thought. I'll tell you how I approach this. I'm interested to hear what you say, Daniel. But let's say you've been at your job for a long period of time and you have a decent amount already in that 401k. You're starting a new side hustle. It's a brand new 401k and you're going to be putting in, let's say, uh, uh, whatever percentage of your paycheck is, mm-hmm. but the dollar amount will be significantly less. Now, I'm going to assume another thing. Let's say that you are in your target date fund. You pull it out, and you see that it's invested 60-40. So 60% stocks, 40% bonds. You might pull your target date fund out and find out that it's 100% stocks. I think this floors a lot of people. They're like, oh, I'm retiring in 20 years. I've got this target date fund. And they look at it, and they go, wow, it's still 100% stocks. They actually back off down to about 60-40 at retirement. People are floored when they look at their target date fund of 2020, and they see that it's still 60% stocks. Mm -hmm. They're floored with that. But if you look at your target date fund, Nancy, and you see that it's, let's say, less aggressive than 100% allocation, you have this other 401k that's a smaller dollar amount, you may consider using 100% stocks as the dollar amount is significantly lower than your other 401k total. So, for example, I see this a lot when somebody retires or leaves a job, let's say, they roll over an IRA with us, they get another job and they're like, hey, you know, I'm only going to be there another five years or so, and I probably should be very conservative in this 401k. I go, why? Well, because I'm only going to be there for another five years, you know, et cetera. I go, no, you're just starting this 401k. This is the first one is where you got all your money. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to be very diverse and probably take off the risk considerably. But this one where you're now starting back with $100 a month and, oh, by the way, they're matching you, you're going to go, you know, 100% stocks and not worry about it, right? So again, some nuances there, uh, but that's how I would approach it. I hate to bunt a little bit, Nancy, but it is an individualized situation. So I might have taken all your answers. What do you got? The floor is yours, Senator. What are you gonna, no, it's what okay. Gonna, what you're talking about is looking at your you know, total allocation and total risk across your entire investment portfolio and yeah if you want to be um if you want to have a higher allocation to risk assets i.e stocks and so forth in your in one account versus the other as long as the entire sort of investment universe that you own lines up with the risk that you want and the volatility volatility being the up and down moves in the market that you uh are comfortable with uh, then all together, you're fine. You just have to remember that this one account, let's say it's 100% stocks versus a 60-40, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. The, if the stock market goes down, the 100% stock account will go down more. And that's not the time that you want to sort of panic and, and reassess something. It's You look at the other account and you go, oh, but that account didn't go down as much because there's less risk and looking at my whole portfolio. Uh, so I, yeah, you can kind of customize a little, a little bit there. I think for the majority of people, Probably just sticking with a target date fund is probably going to be your best shot because you're not, um, unless you, again, like you talked about, are starting out with zero in the account, your dollar cost averaging, and you just want to go into the total stock market just to get some growth. Aside from that, overcomplicating it with, say, you know, this particular fund is more risky than another fund and so forth in a retirement account it's probably more effort than it's worth because if you're wrong, you won't know you're wrong till five or 10 years from now when one significantly outperforms 
And by then, you're kind of playing catch-up. So the the best thing is to buy everything, which is what a target date fund primarily will do. Uh, will buy U.S. stocks, international stocks, bonds, real estate, et cetera, give you sort of a global financial allocation. And if something does really well, you're going to own it. Uh, You're also going to own the things that stink, but they're going to be rebalancing over time. I think it's important to note, Nancy, you talked about uh, something more risky, but you also said Roth. The Roth is inherently not more risky. It's just a different tax classification than the traditional 401k. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not a fan of, taking tons more risk for the sake of just taking tons more risk with your retirement account. Set a retirement allocation that you want. Make sure all your retirement accounts add up to that allocation. The only thing I tend to sometimes do differently as a financial planner is go, well, this is your Roth that you're never going to pay taxes on again. So let's uh, weight that much more towards stocks. This is your IRA, which is tax deferred, meaning you're going to pay tax on that later. Let's put all of your bond allocation in there plus the rest of the stocks we need to make your entire allocation the target that you want. The reason for that is is we want that Roth to grow like crazy because you're never going to pay tax on it again. I think that brings up a good point. I think this is how we should conclude that I, I what I like the most about what you said is it's a big picture look uh, and then an allocation accordingly. So I think that jives and gels with what I'm saying in that if it's a smaller amount over here and, again, you look at the big picture – and if it weights differently and you need more stocks over there, then you need more stocks. I mean, I think I like that. I like looking at the big picture and make sure your overall allocation is appropriate for sure. And I think ultimately in your situation too, Nancy, it wouldn't uh, be out of the question for you to be looking for or working with some sort of uh, fee-only independent you know, advisor or CFP or something just to have a second look at all the things you're doing because it sounds like you're doing a lot and you might want to just make sure that you've got a second opinion for, uh, again, just making sure you're taking advantage of the appropriate vehicles for your investments from a tax perspective, not just what you're invested in. So excellent question. Sounds good. Thank you, Nancy. All right, let's wrap it up. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.